gonna hit your shoulders several. I don't know if y'all know what that means. Somebody says, I'm gonna hit your shoulders several times. Like he's not like, he's not just like tapping the shoulder, right? Like, so you, part of this text could be read as problematic lyrics. I don't know if y'all follow where I'm going. Like there was a certain level of, uh, of, of aggression that was in the presentation that I had to be comfortable with letting go for me to get to the point where I could recognize the scientific accuracy of the performance. Once I recognize the scientific accuracy of the performance, I can engage in a conversation about what's problematic about the approach. But if I diminish the approach before I look at the intellectual value of it, then I've lost the opportunity to get them to feel like they're scientists. Like, y'all follow me? Yes. Young kids are coming to you all the time with these vernacular forms of expression, y'all. And we, look, our job is to learn how to read them better. A, a sister will come in to the class with fresh braids. Put my slides up. I'm gonna skip that for now. Like, like she, gonna come in, she comes in with these, right? And when she comes in with these, you don't have the cultural lens to identify the genius and the hairstyle. See, you, 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 you can't see the, the, you can't see the, the darn fractals and the symmetry and the proportion and there was no ruler involved in creating this. Like you don't see all of this complexity. And here's the thing, when you can't see it and they've not learned that what that is is steam genius, it goes undiscovered. They come in, they leave. You teach them, they disengage. We move on with our day, and we don't know what else is going on. And you have to have the lens, like my, 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 my charge to you is to go back to your schools with a different viewpoint of this thing. A recognition that by virtue of breathing, we have scientists and mathematicians in our midst. Not by virtue of their scores, not by virtue of their last year's scores, not, a, not by virtue of their race or their ethnicity or their class or who in their family has, whatever else it is. By virtue of your existence, you're a scientist and mathematician. My job is to identify what way to express it in a local way and then use that as the trigger for my content. And what's important is sometimes the folks you gotta connect to are not the ones who are doing well. That's, this is the other part. Anybody a great theme teacher when two kids are doing great? What about the 28 who you lost? Look, the, the example I'm gonna give here is the process of, of, of I'm skipping slides right now for the spirit is moving. See, I ain't ready for all that. Let me just stop and fall back and we'll go around that. Now I'm about to do some Pentecostal pedagogy real quick. I gotta be set up. Remember who I'm talking to? Okay. <laughs> so in the process of cloning, what oftentimes happens is that the scientists have to identify two mountains, one that they want to clone and one that's going to be the one that accepts what's being given. You guys with me? Biologists, say what up. There's no Europe. There's no Europe in here. No, no. Okay, I'm all the way on the west coast. My boy. You get these two cells, right? And you're like, yo, this one needs to be cloned. This one can carry genetic material. So what the scientists do is they will take a pipette and they will take that pipette and they will go into the cell and then they will extract out all the genetic material from one of the cells till it's essentially empty of 
the genetic material, right? Who's following or not a few of you? Okay. Then they've got another cell that has the genetic material that they want to replicate. So they will take the genetic material from the one they want to replicate and they will infuse it into the, the now empty cell. And when they try to infuse it with this foreign genetic material, who can tell me what happens? I heard three whispers. <laughs> this is just like the classroom. <laughs> I take the foreign material, I put it in a, in a cell that has its genetic material removed. What happens to the cell who now has to accept the foreign material? Its natural inclination is to reject the foreign material. Y'all with me? Yes. It gets so bad that the scientists are like, yo, if it cannot accept this foreign material, I am going to and they literally electric shock it into the acceptance of the foreign genetic material. So literally they will apply some electric shock to the cell. It will then sort of trigger the process and oftentimes the cell will start going through the process of sort of re replicating. You guys still with me? Yeah. Now, as it starts going through this process, out of about 277 attempts at this, only about one cell makes it throughout the process. Right? That one cell becomes a celebrated one. You guys know the story of Dolly? You know, Dolly becomes the first mammal. We're like, yay, we cloned Dolly. We can do more of this. But folks forget to consider the fact that for Dolly to get there, 276 had to die. Folks forget that for Dolly to get there, there had to be an extraction of the natural genetic material of one cell and an attempt to infuse something foreign to it. Let me break this down so it's plain. Well, it's plain. STEAM education, STEM education in particular, without intention, has been about the extraction of the genetic code of some cells to begin with. Because we don't believe they have merit as they are, but we want to clone them to be like some foreign entity. So we take young folks who are indigenous to a space. We take young folks who are black and brown. We take young folks who are immigrants. We take young folks who are English language learners and we say, as you are, it's okay but not good enough. You're only good if you know all of them this particular way. And in my schooling process, I, I condition you to, to extracting out who you are. Don't talk that way, don't act that way, don't dance that way, don't look that way, don't wear your hair that way. That's what it requires for you to be a scientist, is the presentation of self. And they say, okay, you can force it out of me, but then you want to force something else into me. And my instinct is to reject it. The distaste for science and mathematics isn't a function of ability. It's a function of you forcing something that's foreign into young folks without allowing them to recognize the beauty and the genius they had already. And sometimes, one of them will accept it. And when that one accepts it of the 277, we throw a party. And we use that as a justification for why the other 276, this one did, why can't all they do it the same way we've been doing it? Somebody in here right now is, this is useless. I got enough kids passing the state assessments. Why are we engaging in this? Because you are celebrating the one. And if our goals are really about meeting that needs of this profession, where we have millions of jobs that folks can't fill, you guys understand this? Millions of jobs that folks can't fill. And we still have a pedagogy that says let's keep doing it the same way and creating the same forms of genius. Why multitude of other folks are doing Like, I go out to eat with my friends, bruh. Folks are so traumatized by poor pedagogy and mathematics. I always have to be able to arrange the bill. Like, I don't think you understand how 
It's a Genesis inquiry. It's a, it's a certain. Young folks to do stuff and be successful for me. 
It's about getting them to feel as though the outcomes that we want them to reach is something that they want to reach. Like, you know, like, you talk to a kid who's like in the fifth grade, and they're like, my mom wants me to, wants me to be a doctor. And then they get to the eighth grade and they're like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore, but everybody's really impressed when I say I want to be a doctor. Like, we've done the same thing to STEM. So we got young folks, oh, I can't get down here because you won't see me. Do I need to be on stage? Yes? No? Okay. I'll, I'll mix it up. I'll mix it up. So, let me get back up So we have young folks who are now choosing the STEM thing, but not because of something that speaks to them, but because we've told them that this is where the jobs are. If where the jobs are is the chief driver of your instruction, your philosophy, or your approach, you don't have a philosophy or an approach. You have an ideology that you're implanting into the psyche of young folks, and they will say that they're STEM minor or STEM engaged, and the minute they get into universities, they won't do it at all because they don't really love it. So the chief job of a STEM educator should be about inspiring young folks to engage in discipline by understanding that a STEM with no root bears no fruit. Say it with me. A STEM with no bears no fruit. Meaning to get folks to engage in STEM, before you even go to the arts, you have to go to the root. Now, where do you find the root of a plant, for example? Respond. In the ground. Where is the ground? At the bottom, in the dirt, in the grind. If you want to do STEM work, you got to go in the dirt. You can't do STEM work and keep your hands clean, bro. The work requires engaging in and with young folks, particularly young folks who are most marginalized in the discipline. You know, and the ground is brown, pun intended. But two, two black and brown babies who have this sort of sensibility and going and engaging with them, not with the idea of STEM, but with an idea of, I want to understand the magic in the room. Y'all still with me? Now, once you've got that done, where you're going into the communities to engage and not placing it out here, then you can talk about STEAM. Now, STEAM, folks say, is the incorporation of the arts. I think that is also problematic because arts has variances. Like, if I look up now and I see those, like, blue kind of reptilian pattern things in the ceiling, look up at them, we can look, right? Some would consider that art. Others would not. So the idea is that it took some technical skill to be able to create that, but what is artistic, even in the movement towards theme, is based on the perspective of the person who's viewing the phenomenon. So you cannot engage in theme work without a recognition that the A has to be attached solely to also culture, because different cultures have different artistic sensibilities. So if I'm engaging in an artistic enterprise, or an artist, artistic exercise, and that has no value to the kind of art I'm engaging on my own, just because you move from STEM to STEAM, if you ain't got culture attached to your A, you don't have STEAM. You're still not convinced. Okay. Once we get to the STEAM, then you get into the making thing. And I think the making, we have to expand out the A to involve the making, and make making not just this boutique thing, but what is the idea and the concept behind making? It is simply tinkering. Anyone who can play with a phenomenon beyond them has a making sensibility, and anybody who can create and make something, or, make, or even break something. Sometimes you should just move beyond makers and also talk about breakers. Like, I, I want to value those who make and also break, because those who break can understand what's within what's been made before, and then can create something bigger, which leads me to the final goal, which is dream. You want to go from STEM to dream. How do you help us to help young people to reimagine everything they've seen before and question all that's beyond them or before them? 
So for example, the idea that a chair exists that we sit on, we have to understand that young folks can dream of what a better chair looks like. And that's pedagogical. I don't think y'all following where I'm going with you right now. So STEM first goes to the root. Once you go to the root, you incorporate culture. Once you go to the culture, you go to the art. Then you look at art as culture. Then you look at making and breaking. Then you dream of a new possibility and send young folks to go explore. That's our collective work. If someone tells you it's about a set of subjects, they lie to you, son, you got 99 problems, and be making scientists and mathematicians is one. Yeah, no Jay-Z rep, no Jay-Z fans. So, <laughs> let, me, let me also tell you guys something, which is really important. The nature of your responses thus far, and this is like off script, but the nature of your responses thus far is indicative of why you can't get young folks to like this discipline. I'm not trying to throw shade, but shade, right? <laughs> so you have four, you have a 14-year-old and a 93-year-old get up here and do Uptown. First of all, if Uptown Funk was just playing, like they weren't 14 and 93-year-olds, like the song just played, right? And you don't move. I'm concerned about it. <laughs> right? That's the first part. Now, the second part is that you have 14 and 93-year-olds come and do a coordinated dance to said song, right? And y'all just sat here with like, cute. And I'm telling you that that's a part of the problem. Folks who engage in these disciplines are mad corny. Like, there's no life to how you engage in the world, period. That's a big part of the pedagogy. This is less about content. I, I don't know. Oh. Am I messing with the light person? I am. Do I have to go back? Listen, this is more than just a set of principles. I want you guys to understand. We're talking about a philosophical shift that's essential. You cannot get to a philosophical shift with the same approaches that you have and with the same sort of sensibilities that you've had previously. Like, you cannot be like lame. Like, that's part of the battle. Like, STEM people are corny, y'all. Like, you don't dress well. You can't clap for people. No one wants to dance. Like, this is a problem. <laughs> pedagogy unless you challenge your personal philosophy. You can't get to engaging young folks until you present as an engaged human being. You, you can't connect somebody to a discipline unless you show that, not that you are connected as well, but you are crazy about the discipline. Like the, the work of educators within the discipline has to be about being the most radical, like you're not even teaching anymore. You are marketers. I'm being serious. This is less of, I, mean, I gotta go all the way back down. I'm, I don't know all my slides, but y'all need this. I'm sorry. Look, a young person anywhere in the world right now, this, is, this, is, this, this might be a humbling and sobering thing for you to understand. A young person that has access to this thing, right, can, can, can get to any and everything that you teach. This device holds more knowledge, more information, more tools to be able to get it than, than you could have. Some people are like, nope, not me, I'm smart. I'm whoever you are. There's more access to information on this device than you could ever have. You guys understand that, right? I don't think you've like processed that yet. Given that that's the reality, you're with me, thank you. Given that, that I got one person. Given that that's the fact, given that the fact that this can give most access and content-wise to any discipline, what is your job? Even though previously it was about delivering content. What's your job then? 
Your, your, your responsibilities are simple. Inspire and engage. And inspiration and engagement is not a function of intellect. It's a function of oftentimes performance. Performance triggers your intellect. Like your whole flow got, hey, might get up. Damn it. You know, like, <laughs> I'm just going to say up down one more time. Like, shake this out. And as you're shaking this out, don't just shake out like you're really for like the last 10 minutes. I want you to shake out the idea that I, as an educator, have to be an image of a scientist or mathematician. Yes! If I don't see moving, I'll tell you why. Sir, where's your Interrupting, 
It's like, I know the answer, I know it doesn't belong, and everything that Grover is saying is wrong. But, but nobody can tell Grover that he's off because David, he's Grover, and he thinks he has the answers. And this is the issue with STEM. You don't need science or mathematical content knowledge to identify what needs to be done to engage the young folks. You need, though, to pay attention to the young people to understand what the challenge is. They can identify what's not working. Young folks will give you the critique of what's going on in the instruction in their school. If you listen, that guy's gone too fast. You're probably talking about me. That person's boring or disengaging. Did I skip this? Oh my gosh, my hands just jumped. Go back. And, and so, if you listen to the young folks, matter of fact, the moral of that story is this. Shut up, Grover. You have to create the conditions <laughs> to allow young folks to sing the song of what is wrong. Pay close enough attention to their critiques of your instruction, and then maneuver yourself accordingly. That is powerful pedagogy. Yes. With that being said, it requires a shift to something like this. So I'm going to give you an example of my work, Hip Hop Ed. When I first started engaging with hip hop and education in STEM spaces, people said I was out of my mind. Why would you bring hip hop into a STEM classroom, into a science classroom? Don't you know those guys are vulgar? And I, and, and I said, yeah, some of the content they have may be problematic, but that's a function of the fact that schools have not allowed them to utilize that skill set towards something that's edifying. Y'all ain't even ready for this critique. When I look at MCs, rappers, artists, performers, I see the same tenets of a Galileo and Aristotle and Einstein. They're anti-authoritarian, they have an immense curiosity, they use metaphor and analogy, they're describing phenomena in their real worlds. In fact, Jay-Z once dissed Nas and was like, dog, you never lifted, you, you witnessed it from your folks' pad. You scribbled in a notepad and created your life. Like me and like Nas didn't even see life. He just looked out the window and told these amazing tales. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's an amazing field scientist. Like if, if the insult to another rapper is that you didn't experience it, but you told the story so well that I felt like I was in it, he meant then that Nas is a scientist. Y'all ain't following these bars. That's <laughs> So how then do you step out of your comfort zone to allow the skill set they already have to be reimagined towards your disciplines? How do you get to a point where folks can say, listen, I, I, I may not be a scientist, but I can say I'm a physicist, lyricist, spitting this ridiculousness to witness the ignorance I dismiss. If Newton's laws of motion was the topic of the course, things in motion stay in motion as the head of the balance force. Well, next up, the second law situation in summation, force equals mass of acceleration. That's the second law Newton foresaw. If you want more, then the third law is in store. Uh. See, every force has an opposite force. Every action has an equal plus opposite reaction. The sum of all objects at rest is zero, less that object is no longer relaxing. I'm in motion, change in location, still hit traction, the coefficient of friction. Then it all comes to a full stop, and there went Newton laws over hip hop. But hold up, I'm off Newton. I'm on an Einstein. I like Einstein, because Einstein's mind is designed like mine. His formula was E equals MC squared, which is weird, because me is your favorite MC squared. Yeah. Now, now.
before we get to the formula, I just gotta claim my presence as a physicist. As a STEAM instructor, your primary responsibility, we talk about inspiration and all that, is about making young folks believe that they are A. Now, how do you make folks believe they are something that the world has told them that they're not? Now, we don't, this is, not gonna follow me, Calvin, um, I gotta stay with you. How do you train young folks to believe they're something they're not? By allowing them to claim a part of the field, even if the field is not claiming them. The work has to be about reimagining. What if you walk into a school and you talk about good morning mathematician? What's good scientist? It sounds rudimentary, it sounds basic, but here's what we do. We jump over the solutions that are right before our eyes in search of somebody's stupid standard. And I'm not saying you don't want to meet the standard, but if you're driven by the standard, but you don't have any standards for how people feel about a subject first, you can't even know how to engage it. Look, the, the whole data is huge. Folks like the research says these kids aren't engaged. The research says they won't work in math. Your research ain't even telling you the truth because you've not, you've not considered the variable of their engagement. Meaning, I don't know what you know because I don't even have you engaged yet. Sometimes the lack of performance of certain populations in STEM and in STEAM is not a function of their ability, but a function of them trying to get back at you because you're boring. Like young folks fail. Young folks fail assessments on purpose because they feel it reflects back on the teacher who they don't like. So I would self-sabotage for the sake of getting you back for not engaging and inspiring me to begin with. Now I look at the test scores, I'm like, oh my gosh, those kids are underperforming. No, bro, you underperforming. You're so problematic. And that's what we do every day. We fail to train them to understand that they are scientists as well. Y'all. And now we go back to the I got I literally have 60 seconds left. Um, dang it. You see this? This slide about the ratchet was... Quick story, I'll make it quick. I'm out of time. Damn it, I'm through a conference. I wish I had not in seven hours, I promise you. You know, I, 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 once I was, I was, um, as I, I was, I, I used to, uh, live, I lived in a small apartment, and I wanted to buy a bed. And when I went to buy the bed, it's like free Amazon and online shopping. I only had one option. My one option was this furniture store is near my house. And the furniture store did not have any options. They had one ugly bed and one, one really cute bed, but it didn't, like, it was not a good enough bed, right? And I had to choose. But if anybody knows me, like, I'm all about the aesthetics. I'm like, you know what? I'm about a cute bed. I'm going to break down and get another one. Because, like, I need, I, need, I need to look fly. So I picked, I picked this one bed. They brought it to my house. They put it together for me. It worked well. And then, couple years later, it broke down. So now, because I only had two options, either the ugly bed or the cute one. When you have few options, you just choose one or the other and you're okay with it. Now, years later, I'm gonna buy a new bed. Man, I'm out of time. Oh, I'm gonna finish the story. So I'm out of time. So now I go online to buy a bed. I go online. Man, I wish it was Amazon, but I went online and I had all the beds ever to choose from. It's like white, pink, blue, sturdy, double. I'm like, what? This is crazy. So now I'm in a place with all these options. When I had all these options, what happened was I ordered the bed, they brought it to my house, and then I had to put it together. 
So now I have to put it together. I empty out the materials, and this little thing comes out. And I opened it up, like 90,000 screws. And I was like, damn it. And then, and then what else came out was this little tool. And it was the ratchet, like the ratchet and ratchet. And attached to the ratchet, it said this, read to me. Now, some of you know what the socketing wrench is. Y'all know what ratchetness is? <laughs> like your ratchet friend? It's a little much, right? Here's the thing. Now that I had more options, I had to work harder to put the bed together. Young folks are in an era now where the, the options for engagement in this discipline are more varied than ever before. Previously, you choose one or the other, you're either good or you're not, and breaks down or not. Now we got options, we got choice, but to get to the options of the choice, they have to put the bed together themselves. And they cannot put the bed together themselves unless they keep their ration. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The ratchet is what helps them to be able to loosen, and navigate the world. So you cannot have a theme pedagogy that is predicated on tossing your ratchet away. If they toss away their ratchet, they'll never be equipped to make the bed for the... To, I will leave you with this. It is your responsibility to be a good representative of these disciplines. Your work is not about what you know. It's about how you show a passion for what you know enough to young folks where it ignites their belief that they want to do that and more. Young folks who come to you with ways of knowing and being and expressing that in your head don't look like science or math are actually the ones that have the gifts to engage in the disciplines more readily. Your chief job and responsibility is to inspire them to take up who they are and what they are in the pursuit of these professions so that they can have equal opportunity to partake in this dream of STEAM that we've been in this conference for. If you cannot do that, quit. If you cannot inspire, retire. Thank you.